I certainly think that many Trump supporters are getting a bit cocky in this election, absolutely convinced they are going to win again. Trump can't lose. And there are some metrics that, su- that suggest Donald Trump is going to win, notably the poll from Gallup showing 55% of people say they are better off now than they were four years ago, which is higher than Obama when he was facing re-election or when he was running for re-election. So people are happy. Things are going great. But the polls, however, are signaling a Joe Biden victory. But the polls don't matter. And I think the polls are wrong because early voter turnout and data suggests that Democrats are underperforming. In fact, as of right now, and this will change, Republicans are winning Ohio in early voting and mail voting when Democrats are projected to have the advantage to make it to put it simply. Everyone thought all the pundits said Democrats are going to lead in early voting and mail-in voting. Well, that's not true in Ohio. And in many other key battleground states, Republicans are losing. Keep that in mind. But the gap is much smaller than people predicted, suggesting Donald Trump might actually win. Republicans might actually win. Now, the betting markets aren't so convinced, but there's actually a lot of data here. You see, Joe Biden may be leading in Pennsylvania. That's true. And Democrat turnout right now is dramatically crushing Republican turnout in early voting. But registration in Pennsylvania is now R plus. There are more Republicans registered in Pennsylvania than Democrats, suggesting among all of these other states, Trump might be on track to win. Now, I'm not going to put any hard predictions. I'm leaning towards I think Trump is going to win, but I'm not entirely convinced. But I'll tell you what, Joe Biden voters and Democrats also feel like Donald Trump is going to win. Now, in many of these polls, the majority of people say, even though they don't support Trump, Trump is going to win. Even though more people say they'll vote for Biden, they still feel Trump is going to win. And now we have this from the Washington Post. Biden leads Trump. So did Hillary Clinton. For Democrats, it's worrisome campaign deja vu. Oh, I got all the numbers, baby. Now, look, This could be wishful thinking. You come to my channel and it's going to be, oh, Trump is on track. Oh, this is good news for Republicans. I know, right? This channel, my views are are biased, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Every single thing I read from most of these polling outlets say Democrats are going to win. Here's why. Democrats are winning. Here's why. Joe Biden's leading. Trump, Trump can't possibly win. And then every so often you'll see tidbits about why Trump might win. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, look at all this data. Here's why the Democrats are going to win, because that's all the media says. Perhaps it's true. Democrats are going to win. Joe Biden is leading in the polls. But let me present to you my perspective on why it may be Trump who is going to win. We don't know. We don't. But I think the arguments need to be entertained. And this one feels underserved. However, stories are popping up showing Democrats is getting worried we have the story from the Washington Post, but before we read it, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There is a P.O. box if you'd like to send me stuff, but the best thing you can do, share this video. I've been saying it a lot in this past couple of weeks. We are two weeks out from an election, and this channel you are watching right now has been blacklisted on Google. No joke. You cannot Google search this video. It will not come up. Now, call that whatever you want, election interference, political interference. Sure, fine. Google doesn't want you to see this. Google doesn't want Trump supporters to know there is good reason to believe Republicans might actually win. They want you demoralized. They want people to think it's going to be Joe Biden. That's not necessarily true. We don't know. But I've got some good reason to suggest Trump is on track for a victory. 
as of right now, and things could change. But for whatever reason, this channel is censored, is, is less relevant than if you want people to know this and you think I do a good job, please share this. Otherwise, they're not going to hear it. But also don't forget to like, subscribe to the notification bell, and let's read the story. From the Washington Post, Biden leads Trump, so did Hillary Clinton. For Democrats, it's a worrisome campaign deja vu. The polls are once again delivering feel-good boosts to Democrats. Joe Biden beats President Trump by 10, 11, or 12 points nationally, depending on the day. His edge in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, averages eight. Propeller heads promised better than four in five odds of a new president next year. But the partisans remember they have been here before. Four years ago this week, the conflicting emotions can still uh, can be overwhelming. Quote, I, f- I am feeling anxious and trapped between a sense of unbridled optimism and sheer dread, said Abington Township PA Commissioner Bill Bowl, who, like many Democrats, never thought Trump could beat Hillary in 2016 and was stunned when he did. It's really tough to live in this sort of bifurcated state of watching the polls and trying to glean trends from them, but also not really incorporate them into your thinking. Bowl is not alone. Democrats went to the polls last time certain they would elect the first woman ever to become president and were punched in the face with a Trump upset. This time they feel the punch coming from a thousand miles away. The worry is visceral and widespread, unassuaged by Biden's lead in the polls. Because of what happened to us in 2016, folks still remain cautious, said Michigan Democratic Party chair Lavora Barnes. Nobody is taking anything for granted, even the folks that we're meeting at doors and talking to on phones. With the benefit of hindsight, even the most partisan technicians caution that the election results remain unknown. Polling, which has consistently shown Biden well ahead and en route to winning the Electoral College, is but a snapshot snapshot, with a built-in margin of error that can go either way or not at all. Voting may have begun, but there are still weeks to go, and voters have changed their minds before. Quote, I don't know anyone in my Democratic pollster world, who is sitting 100% comfortably or anything like that, said Nick Gorovich, a partner at Global Strategy Group, who has been polling on the presidential race. Biden seems in better shape, but it is still a polarized country and and a Trump win is still within the realm of possibility. The uncertainty has become a point of leverage for Trump, who has always dismissed polls that reflect badly on him as fake efforts to suppress his voters. It has become a rallying cry for Democrats who have been warning the country and their own voters against complacency. Now, here's where it gets funny. Privately, Trump's advisors are less bullish, saying that he's behind, but they're going to close this gap. They won't broadcast anything short of uncertainty. Anything short of certainty. The mainstream news media has spent the last four years trying to destroy and defeat President Trump. So why would anyone put faith in polling paid for by these same organizations? Tim Murtaugh said the president is going to be reelected on the Biden side. The creeping sense of deja vu has become a dominant feeling. Quote, the thing is, people don't react logically. They react emotionally to this, said Ed Rendell, the former Pennsylvania governor and a top Biden surrogate who has been trying to calm nervous Democrats by pointing to the better polling, lack of a strong third party candidate and some promising early voting figures when compared with four years ago. And emotionally, You see the same scenario developing all over again. Now, let's stop there. Promising early voting figures. Is that true? No, it's not. The early voting figures are bad for Democrats. They're underperforming. It doesn't mean they're going to lose. It does suggest the polls are wrong. Joe Biden's campaign put out a memo saying the polls are wrong. They're inflated. But let me show you. 
we got the news. First, from Frank Luntz, who is quoting this story or, or tweeting out, Biden enters the final weeks with a lead in Pennsylvania that is actually slightly narrower than it was for Clinton three weeks before the 2016 election. The real clear politics average. Hillary Clinton had a 5.2 percent average uh, lead over Trump. Joe Biden, 3.8. So who's going to win? Well, look, demographics have changed. We don't know what this means. I'll tell you this. It doesn't mean the polls are right. It could mean they're worse. We just don't know. And for all these people betting Biden's going to win and putting money on it, y'all are crazy. You want to know why the right bet right now is Donald Trump? Because Trump has the odds against him. And that means it's a toss up. We have no idea who's going to win. So bet on Trump because at least he'll get a better payout if he does. But we really don't. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a 50-50 play. But check this out. Poll Watch 2020 breaks it down. And there's a lot to break down. But check this out. Pennsylvania voter registration, a Demo to Republican gap. In 2008, Democrats' advantage over Republicans was 1.2 million, and Obama won by 600,000. In 2012, the Democrat advantage was 1.1 million, and Obama won by 300,000, getting his, his win, his margin cut in half. In 2016, the Democrat average, uh, advantage over Republicans was 916,000, and Trump won by 44,000. Today, as of, as of yesterday, the Democrat advantage, 700,000. What will the result be? They say two things to note about Democrat uh, Republican voter gap in PA. The gap decreased by 535,000 since 2008. The D to Republican gap decreased by 215,000 since 2016, with Republicans up 205,000 to Democrats being down 10,000. So let me clarify. Maybe, maybe I got the earlier thing wrong. Uh, in the beginning, when I said the Republican advantage, what I mean is Republicans have gained 200,000 and Democrats have declined. Democrats are, go are, are going down. Republicans are going up. The D to R gap decreased by 16,000 in two weeks since since October 5th. It's weird. I love this. I love this. Check it out. Poll Watch says it's weird that we put up registration data and most discussion is about election interference. Why? Because the Democrats are freaking out. They can't explain why they're losing voters. I can. You got leftists calling for abolishing the Constitution. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. You've got critical race theory. People don't want to play those games. But instead of addressing the fact they're bleeding voters and Republicans are making huge gains, they just say it's interference. It's voter suppression, they say. One person asks, is registration over? Yes, registration is over. This data suggests that Donald Trump will carry Pennsylvania. We don't know. Democrats have some good data on their side, however. Early voting right now and mail-in voting is ridiculously in favor of Democrats. I think it's like 40 points or something. It's nuts. I'll pull up the data. But check this out. Republicans are freaking out now. Republican. Well, OK, they're not freaking out. Not like the Democrats are. But Republicans are angry. Supreme Court rules Pennsylvania can count ballots received after Election Day. Republicans are saying this is them cheating. They are going to get late ballots. They're going to count them and the Democrats are going to win. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think it's because, well, Nate Silver lays it out, actually. Let's 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 take the word of Nate Silver. He says this seems important to keep in mind when considering the impact of court rulings over when ballots arrive. 
Only about 1% of mail ballots arrived after Election Day in the PA primaries. Could that have an impact in a close election? Sure, in a very close election. But it's also not clear that late arriving mail ballots would be especially Democratic, given that D's are sending in the ballots sooner than Republicans. Wait, 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 hold on. Democrats are sending in all of their ballots early. That means late votes may actually lean Republican. Yeah, this ruling may have just helped Republicans. So while everybody is yelling at Chief Justice John Roberts, who's supposed to be conservative, but sided with the liberals, giving a 4-4 tie, nullifying or basically giving the, the, the lower court's ruling uh, precedent or letting the lower court ruling stand, Republicans are mad about this. They should be happy. This could turn out to greatly benefit Republicans. Republicans eke out Democrats in turnout on first day of Florida's early voting. This should absolutely be scaring uh, scaring the Democrats. Check this out. Most of registered Republicans, uh, more registered Republicans than Democrats turned out to vote on the first day of early voting in Florida, according to data reviewed by the Washington Post. The difference wasn't huge. It was about one point. Still, Turnout on the first day of early voting in the critical swing state was up nearly 17% compared to four years ago, when roughly 290,000 cast ballots, the Florida Department of State reported. President Trump and the Democratic nominee Joe Biden are hotly contesting the state, blah, blah, blah. I think Trump's going to win Florida. I'm sorry, man. I see these parades, Latinos for Trump. It really does seem like Trump's going to win Florida. Now, I kind of got ahead of myself. I want to show you this. As we now get into what the betting markets are saying, and the fact that Trump is actually winning as of right now in Ohio, which would be crazy. I want to highlight this thread from Nate Silver he just brought up a moment ago. I just brought up a moment ago from Nate Silver. He says, so far returned ballots are D plus 31. Not a surprise given what polls show. Whereas the set of mail ballots that have been requested but not yet returned are only D plus 17. If, as the data shows, Dems are returning their ballots sooner then mail ballots cast closer to election day, which in many states will also be counted later, may not be as Democratic as mail ballots overall. Suffice it to say, Republicans are expected to turn out in massive droves on election day. And that's going to hurt Democrats. Election day is all for Republicans, which means Democrats need huge advantages right now. We need to see them winning right now, because according to the latest data from Nate Silver, it would suggest Later ballots will not help Democrats. That's what everybody was saying, remember, that Trump will win on election night, but then late arriving Democrat ballots will flip it for Joe Biden. Well, the data right now suggests otherwise. It suggests that it's not going so well for Democrats and they need the biggest turnout possible right now. Remember those numbers, D plus 31 and D plus 17. First, the prediction market over at Predict It. Which party will win the Electoral College? They say Joe Biden, 65 cents per share and Trump only 40. And they're showing most people think Pennsylvania is going blue. Florida is going blue. Michigan, Wisconsin and Minnesota going blue. I'm not entirely convinced. I think these people are making dumb bets based off of polls that are probably wrong. Well, we also have, I believe (laughs) I got to show you this. Keep this in mind. Predict it. 2016. Who will win, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? You see, just before Election Day, Trump on November 7th was trading shares at 22 cents, meaning about 22 percent. And Hillary Clinton, 82. And then Election Day happened and Hillary Clinton dropped in one day to one cent. 
That's how predict it works. They're basically betting shares. Look at this flip, though. Trump, everybody knows this, right? So if you're looking at these at these polls right now and they're saying Trump's going to lose, this is why the Democrats are freaking out. None of them are convinced the polls will be correct. They think they're going to lose. And guess what? I brought the data. Check out Ohio. Nate Silver says Democrats are D plus 31. They're returning their ballots way more. Democrats are supposed to have the advantage right now. Early voting is favoring Democrats. Nate Silver says late counted ballots might not actually be Democrat and might lean Republican. Here you go. In 2020, as of right now, with 22.8% of total votes cast, Republicans lead with 45.2 to Democrats 42.3. Republicans have a nearly three point advantage in Ohio. Unaffiliated voters are up slightly from the last election at 12.5. We don't know exactly where where the unaffiliated voters are going. If they slightly lean Democratic, it's still good news for Republicans because they're only about a quarter the size of both voting blocks. So they're not not likely going to swing either side. Republicans have the advantage. Now, I want to show you a bunch of other states, though. So we have Michigan here. The other day I did a segment on this showing that Michigan was actually in favor of Trump. Things change. Trump did a rally where he said, did you hear this? We're actually winning in Michigan. Well, Democrats came out. And as of right now, 32.4%. I'm sorry, I got to clarify what I said last time. 32.4% of the total votes counted statewide in the 2016 general election. Voter turnout is ridiculously high right now. It's going to be historic, my understanding. Well, right now, the Democrats have just about a six point, they have a 6.4% advantage over Republicans. It's good for Democrats. They're winning. It's bad because their winning margins right now are really low, suggesting when, when in-person voting starts on election day, it's going to be totally Republican. It's going to be absolutely uh, huge. And I think the Republicans will probably win. But let's take a look at some uh, other states. Wisconsin, for instance. In Wisconsin, Democrats are up 10 points, which is really good for Democrats, but not nearly the 31 or 17. We don't really know for sure. But it is interesting that unaffiliated voters are turning out in higher numbers. This is important when you consider that not every state has a registration advantage for Republicans. The Democrats are a bigger political party in this country. If unaffiliated voters are turning out and they're voting Republican, it may actually be bad for Democrats. But going off the hard numbers, unaffiliated voters, uh, independent voters tend to vote Democrat more. So with a large 23 percent of the votes being unaffiliated, it's bad news for Republicans across the board. Arizona, there is about a nine point advantage for Democrats. Look, all of this data, we have uh, Minnesota looking bad for Republicans, a 20 point edge for Democrats. And then I think we have Pennsylvania is really, really bad. A 40 point advantage for Democrats. That that's apocalyptic for Republicans. But that's why I showed you voter registration in Pennsylvania, showing Republicans gaining massively and the Democrat advantage dropping. I, don't, I, I can't explain why why early voter and absentee turnout for Republicans is so low other than they don't trust the process. It could be they trust Donald Trump. Think about that. Donald Trump said vote in person, don't trust the mail-in votes. So many, many Republicans probably believing Trump did not turn out and aren't going to vote. Now, the actual hard numbers, 2020, we have 603,000 votes for Democrat, 
221,000 for Republican. But keep in mind, this is massively higher than 2018, where it was 31,000 for Democrats and 36,000 for Republican. But in the last election in the midterm, Republicans turned out seven points higher than Democrats. So right now, things aren't looking too good for them. I have to stress, however, I want to show this to be fair. And I will stress again, we really don't know what's going to happen. But voter registration for Republicans in Pennsylvania is just way too good to pass up. I think Democrats have a real reason to be worried. They are losing their advantage in key states. They've lost it. That suggests Republicans are actually gaining, are actually winning. Now, over in the national vote, the other day we saw Nate Silver say 17. Well, as of right now, it's 14. The Democrat advantage has gone down. If early voting favors Democrats and on election day is when the Republicans actually come out to vote nationally, it looks like bad news for Democrats. It really does. But again, you know, I can go through all this data. We can talk about it. It's, it's hard to know exactly what we're going to see. I want to highlight one of these political poll tweets, however. Georgia Senate poll, Purdue, the incumbent, is at 46 to Ossoff's 45. That one person responded saying Emerson has an A minus grade from 538 with a 0.3 mean reverted bias towards Democrats. One person said with shy Republican voters, Ossoff is up one or two points. I don't, I don't know uh, what that means. I just thought it was interesting considering a lot of people in the media were saying Purdue was going to lose because his uh, rival raised a ton of money. Moving on to the last few points I want to make. I have, uh, I, I, have, I have good news for conservatives. Something that Eric Weinstein calls incons. Incons. Involuntary conservatives. This may be the surprising Trump winning factor. What's an incon? Well, right now we're seeing a large turnout for, uh, of unaffiliated voters in certain states, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Now, like I said, they typically vote Democrat. But check this out. Weinstein says, involuntary conservatives are real. As I've told you, the failure to condemn Mayor Jenny and Ted Wheeler, acknowledge Antifa, admit to media bias, or to level about cognitive issues in a near octogenarian has created the never Trump Trump voter. Yep. And in response, uh, this is a response to a tweet from James Lindsay. I covered this on my 1 p.m. segment. For those listening to the podcast, you'll hear it in a second. He says, frankly, going to unhappily vote Republican, including Trump, until the left walks this S all the way back. It's an article calling for abolishing the Constitution. Yes, you heard me. Abolishing the Constitution. James Lindsay responds to Eric Weinstein saying, you only get to gaslight people while slamming on the radical accelerator for so long. Involuntary conservative. I don't consider myself to be conservative at all, but I understand what Eric is saying. There's going to be a lot of people who don't want to vote Republican, who don't feel Republican, but you bet they're going to vote Republican. And we may be seeing that right now. If we factor in the research I've highlighted several times, 10% of Trump voters will lie about it. Stands to reason in all of these states where the gap is less than 10%, Democrats are losing. And the unaffiliated voter is swinging Republican. I don't know for sure. It could be wishful thinking. It could be an attempt to just justify, to, to justify why Trump isn't out of the game. But I'll throw it to Ian Bremmer. Percent of Americans saying they're better off now than they were four years ago. September 2020 under Trump, 55%. December 12, 2012, Obama, 45%. Obama won re-election. In 04, when Bush won re-election, 47. 
Bush in 1992, uh, he lost 38%. Reagan, 44 Gallup polls. This may be, as some have said, the only poll that matters. Life's good for a lot of people. They're better off now than four years ago under Trump. Trump did that. And if you don't recognize that and you think Trump's going to lose, I think you're crazy. But you also need to consider if you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, whatever, consider this Trump derangement vote. I mean, there are people who don't care about politics at all who are screaming into their phones. Wake up. Have you seen those videos? They don't know anything about politics and they're going to vote against Trump. Political polls with one of the more significant updates. The total Trump votes cast in Texas in 2016 was 4.6 million. The total 2020 votes cast in Texas as of last night, 4.7. The total votes cast in early voting in Texas is higher than the number of votes Trump got in 2016. Go vote. This is your, this is your, 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 you got to do it. You got to go out and vote. Do not think you can sit back. The Hillary Clinton voters and Democrats who thought they won so they didn't vote are coming out in force. Young voters who are looking to get that viral meme are going to go out and vote and do stupid songs about it. And Trump supporters will crawl over broken glass to slam down that lever for Donald Trump. You better go vote. Now, as for the rest of us who have been dragged in and don't want to be political and just want it all to stop. You hear these Democrats saying, don't you want it all to go away? Just give us the power and we'll stop beating you over the head. I'm not buying it. You give Joe Biden the power and he will drop to bended knee for Antifa and say, please, sir, tell me what to do. I just want power. There is hope for those of us who want to go back to watching, you know, shows, TV shows. I mean, Game of Thrones didn't really end well and Westworld kind of went nuts. But uh, The Boys, that's a pretty good show. I like the boys. Well, we'll never get those days back. I'm sorry. There is no going back to the days of old. There is no reversing the clock on everything that's happened. The culture war will not stop. The people who think voting for Biden will bring back the days of old are wrong. But there is hope. There is. Neil deGrasse Tyson warns asteroid could hit Earth before Election Day. The day before. Oh, there it is. Sweet meteor of death. Coming just the day before election. Wiping everybody out. Put us out of our misery. I'm kidding, by the way. Meteor, asteroid, it's not going to hit the Earth. But I thought it was funny anyway. Look, from from now until Election Day, you are going to hear me saying, you know, play by plays. It's going to be like watching sports. I'm going to be like, and the swing goes to Democrats. Pennsylvania taking a sharp turn. Democrats now in the lead. Can they make it to the finish line? I imagine most of my videos are going to be like, whoa, look at this data. What's happening as we speculate and try and figure out what's going on in an election night? We'll see who actually wins. Next segment will be coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast News, a channel that is also blacklisted on Google. So please consider sharing this content, subscribing. Otherwise, you will never see me again. But I will see you at 6 p.m. in the next segment. Thanks for hanging out. I'll, I'll check you out. I'll, I'll see you there. In what may be one of the greatest disinformation operations ever pulled off in the world, a Russian agent hacked. Hunter Biden's emails, planted them on a fake laptop, put a fake sticker on it to make it look like it was actually Hunter Biden's, then went uh, inconspicuously to, to a, a, a repair shop in Delaware because we know that Joe Biden, you know, he, he represented Delaware. And then he gave the laptop 
to the repairman and then snuck away and waited for the right time when that repairman would transfer that laptop to Rudy Giuliani because he knew that 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 store owner would give the laptop to Rudy Giuliani. That makes literally no sense. This is this is absolutely insane that still right now, even though the director of national intelligence has said it is not a Russian disinformation campaign. The mainstream media, large corporations, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, etc., are still pushing the lie that this whole fiasco is a Russian disinformation campaign. I'm impressed. Right now, we have a signed receipt, allegedly Hunter Biden's. We have a grand jury subpoena to the store owner. Is it all fabricated? I mean, I guess maybe but come on, don't we don't we start from the simple solution? This is the big story right now. Uh, this is the big story we have right now. Documents acquired by Fox News appear to show Hunter Biden's signature on $85 receipt for repair of laptops left at Delaware store at center of email scandal, while other paperwork reveals FBI's contact with the owner. Yet still, the narrative persists. Donald Trump says enemy of the people. I've never been a big fan of that. You know, the fake news is the enemy of the people he likes to say. It's like, oh, well, come on. I tell you this, man, I got a whole bunch of stuff to show you. And I'm I'm, I'm going to say it right now. The, the media, maybe the enemy of the people is strong, but they are absolutely manipulative. And I'm going to say, it, man, these people are evil. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll explain. I don't like using the phrase evil for most people. Typically, when someone takes an action, I assume that they're acting in the best interests of themselves, their friends, their family, or they truly believe what they're doing is good. What we're seeing now at the mainstream media is the willful intention to deceive and manipulate for personal gain, or just because they want to watch people suffer. I think a lot of what we're seeing with leftist tribalism like Antifa, for instance, they have no real goal. They just want you to suffer. And the people in the media who prop them up, support them, or lie about them, in my opinion, just like watching you suffer. Be honest. There are people on the right who just want to own the libs. There's a lot of them. And they gloat and they laugh when Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies, right? When you go on Twitter and you follow prominent conservative personalities, what, what, what do they all say? With great respect to the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her, her life, her legacy, she was incredible, all of these things. When Herman Cain died, what did you see on the left? Gloating, laughter, and mocking the dead. That's Twitter. That's mainstream Twitter. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. The, 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 the nastier elements of the right have all been banned. And so there exists in these corn, you know, these areas of the internet where they mock and belittle people who die. But on the left, they're allowed to do it and they get away with it. And they're nasty, horrible people. They just want to mock you and watch you suffer. Again, nasty people exist across the board. But we have, a, we, we have some other stuff to go through. I definitely want to lead with what's going on with, you know, more evidence about Hunter Biden. But we've got some, uh, uh, a great tweet by Glenn Greenwald. You see, Glenn Greenwald is roasting the mainstream media for supporting the FBI, the NSA, the CIA. But he's also calling out Vox.com because this is a perfect example of how the media, it's fake news. There's this guy who works for Vox who always does these things where he takes clips of Trump out of context and then riles up the left. Why? Because it makes him followers, because he likes it. He likes it when you suffer. He likes watching him earn those sweet, sweet internet points. And he doesn't care if it's destroying the fabric of society. He's milking it for all it's worth. Now, to be fair, he took down this tweet where he accused the president of demanding cash from big oil companies because it wasn't true. But it's too late. He posted it. It went viral. The responses get 30,000 retweets. 
And then later he takes it down. Let's start with the story and see what's going on with the email scandal. But this is really going to be about the media. The Daily Mail reports documents appear to show Hunter Biden's signature on a receipt for $85 at a Delaware computer shop where he dropped off laptops that include details of the international business deals. Last week, a New York Post report claimed that Hunter Biden's laptop was abandoned at a store. We, we know all this stuff. So the New York Post, the story comes out, they find the emails. The laptop's hard drive was later obtained by the FBI and Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who shared its contents with the Post. A receipt from the Mac shop in Wilmington, Delaware, appears to show Hunter Biden's signature signing off for repair work on three MacBook Pro laptops for $85, according to Fox News. The signature, however, has not been verified. It's just an image. Well, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens later on. The paperwork also notes Biden's name in the Bill 2 section. Other obtained documents include FBI paperwork that reveals the Bureau's interactions with the shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac, who reported the laptop's content, contents to authorities. That document shows that Isaac received a subpoena to testify before the U.S. District Court in Delaware on December 9th, 2019. One page appears to show the serial number for the laptop and hard drive that were seized. The FBI and Delaware's U.S. Attorney's Office have declined to publicly comment on the incident. We can see here. So the question is, U.S. United States District Court subpoena to testify before a grand jury. Uh, and they've got an address, Wilmington, Delaware. You are commanded, blah, blah, blah. Is this fake? Did, 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 did the Russian agent fabricate a, a federal subpoena? Uh, they could, I guess. But we are so far outside the realm of Occam's razor. It is absurd what, that they're still pushing the lie that it's Russian disinfo. So we got more photos here. Hunter Biden's international business dealings found the spotlight. We get this. So let me give you the gist of the context pertaining to Hunter Biden. Then we'll move on to the fake news stuff. Basically, what we're learning from this and many other emails is that Joe Biden was essentially using his son as an intermediary to make money. Think about it. Air Force Two. That's the, that's where the, the vice president flies on. Joe Biden brings his son with him to China for a private equity deal. They do a deal eventually later on where in these emails, it's like the big guy is going to get 10%. Hunter Biden will hold it. Or I, I, it says H hold 10% for the big guy. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like Joe Biden said, I can't do the deal myself. I'm the VP. You do it. I'll bring you on the plane because that we can get away with. Then they go out there and this is the game they play. Glenn Greenwald, many other pundits on the right have pointed out rather fairly, this is not the biggest scandal in the world. I mean, it's, it's a huge scandal, but hear me out. Hear me out. The point is, this is what the swamp is. It's what they do. It's what they've always done. And it shouldn't surprise anybody. Russian disinfo. We know they play dirty games to make money. The issue is, and the bigger scandal and story is how CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, these mainstream media outlets are doing everything in their power to cover it up and lie about it. I bring you now to John Harwood. John of CNN, the White, the White House correspondent, he said, Trump phoning into Fox makes clear disinformation by Russian intelligence on Biden isn't enough to carry him across finish line on its own. He insists AG Barr get involved. He's got to act fast. He's got to appoint somebody. This has to be known about before the election. Russian disinformation. I bring you now Drew Holden, who has these amazing little Twitter threads, and he puts a little thread emojis. It's quite funny breaking down the lies and the manipulation. Drew Holden says another Russian related lie was exposed today. 
This time, the allegation that New York Post's Biden coverage was Russian disinformation, something that every corner of the media and Democratic Party assured us was the case. Don't believe me? Take a look. This is from just the other day. And the first story we have, DNI, Director of National Intelligence, says Hunter Biden laptop emails not part of some Russian disinformation campaign. I want to point something out. The response you hear from the left on this one and the media is, yes, but FBI Director Ray said it is investigating Russian disinfo. The FBI does not comment on ongoing investigations as to whether they exist or don't exist. The FBI does not comment. They give no information. But this one time, okay, just, 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 just once we're going to say, yeah, Russian disinfo. Man, you got to fire these guys. Trump doesn't know how to hire people. I'll tell you that. You'd think after The Apprentice where he's like, you're fired, you're fired. He'd know who to fire and he still doesn't. But if the director of national intelligence is saying there's no intelligence to suggest this. Yes, it's still possible the FBI is looking into it to find the intelligence. It doesn't make it true. That's amazing. Drew says, getting us started is CNN who had chief Ru- a Russian conspiracist James Clapper on the program to talk about how the post story was classic textbook textbook Soviet Russian trade calf <laughs> his words and then did an anatomy of the dubious story this is amazing i love how they're going full soviet that's right friends the soviet union is still around ooh it's great reminds me of that simpsons joke where they're at the un and then it's like Russia's got the panel in front of them where they're like, the Soviet Union wants this or whatever. And they're like, Soviets, we thought you disbanded. And then he starts laughing and he hits a button. And then Russia flips to Soviet Union. Yeah, that's what's really going on. Drew says, but right behind them was the New York Times, who ran a similarly incredulous story and whose chief political reporter, Maggie New York Times, doubled down on the Russian disinformation angle. Trump's, Trump, Trump said to be warned that Giuliani was conveying Russian disinformation. I'm going to stop right now. We are we're about two weeks out for the election. And there's something you need to know. There's a reason why I'm highlighting all of this. I need you to share this video. I need you to tell your friends and show them the lies. The director of national intelligence has said there's no evidence. This is a Russian disinformation campaign. The head of the the FBI director said they're investigating it. I don't know why he's commenting on an ongoing investigation. They don't normally do that. But just because he's investigating doesn't mean they found proof of it. These media companies are definitively saying it is. That is fake news. They're lying to you. Okay, now, now, to be fair, it's dirty politics. Duh. How long have they been sitting on this laptop? Rudy Giuliani wants to put it out right now at the New York Post. October surprise. We get it. They want to help Donald Trump win. The problem, that's how the game is played. The reality, it's still messed up and horrifying that Joe Biden is being implicated in all of this. And the reason why I ask you to share this video is because an election is two weeks away. And more importantly, you cannot Google search this video. Don't believe me? Try and Google search Timcast News YouTube channel. It won't come up. YouTube has blacklisted my channels because they don't want you to know about this. They don't want you to know about what the media is doing. Now, unlike other channels that have been banned, I don't swear I don't push conspiracy nonsense. I debunk these things. So they can't just outright ban me. They can't delete my channel, but they can make sure it's removed completely from Google. That means if you tell someone about this and they Google search it, this video will not come up. You have to share it. Normally, I don't push that hard for shares. But listen, we are two weeks out from the election and this stuff freaks me out. The media is lying to you across the board. I mean, look, Drew goes through so much Hunter Biden story and obvious Russian plot. 
Of course, he says, you know, you got what is it? What is this? MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, insane conspiracy nonsense. She continues to be rivaled for that top spot by Joy Ann Reed. There are plenty of others. PBS NewsHour. Amazing. PBS lying. NPR analysis. Questionable NY Post scoop driven by ex Hannity producer and Giuliani. They're doing everything in their power to hide this from you. It's not just the mainstream media lying to you. It's Google blacklisting this content, this channel, my videos. They don't want you to know. They are desperate. And it makes me wonder, is Donald Trump really going to win? Is he really going to lose? If they thought they really were going to win, they wouldn't be this panicked and desperate and obvious. Censoring the New York Post story was one of the most terrifyingly desperate moves we have seen from these pro Biden individuals. Now, let me let me let me let me clarify. There's no grand conspiracy, in my opinion. I do not believe that there is a shadow government that's like, you know, pulling puppet strings. It's called the standalone complex. This is when a bunch of different people do similar things at the same time to make it look like a concerted effort, but they stand alone. What we're seeing here, all of these individuals are being given the opportunity to push the lie. The New York Post says it. Then they say it's a lie Then you get some CNN guy saying, well, I think it's Russian disinfo. Then you get a journalist who says experts say Russian disinfo. Then NPR jumps on it. They all want to jump on it because they all want Joe Biden to win. No one's coordinating this. It is just a hive. It's like watching those birds swim around in the sky. That's the important distinction. Now, why is it that my channel gets gets shadow banned? Because one person working at Google goes, add Tim Pool to the shadow, to the, to the block list, to the blacklist. Can't find his content. Not because someone told him to, because he wants Joe Biden to win. All of these people are playing dirty games. I bring you now to Glenn Greenwald. More disinformation than one can quantify has been spread on this platform by Vox video dunce A.T. Rupar of the kind of shown of the kind shown below. And the more deceitfully cut videos like this he spreads, the more liberals cite him. But as long as it's domestic and not Russian, I guess it's okay. He then has this tweet from Ryan Grimm. Ryan Grimm says, if you point out that this post with 26,000 retweets is disinformation and Trump didn't actually confess to a crime, does that mean you want Trump to win? Aaron Rupar of Vox pumps out insane, fake, out of context nonsense. It is misinformation. It is disinformation. The attempt is to deceive and manipulate. I want to make something clear. You can tell someone the truth. You can be factual and still spread mis and disinformation. There's a very famous, uh, um, I don't know, it's called the dihydrogen monoxide hoax that explains the idea of being factual but not truthful. I'll tell you, if you follow my content, you've probably heard me talk about it. Factual. Hydroxic acid is a dangerous substance. And if you inhale only a little bit, you could die. It is found in cancer. It is used to clean car batteries for corrosion and things like that. It can eat through metal. This is a very dangerous substance responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths every year. And it is in New York City's plumbing in copious amounts. Completely factual statement. Completely factual. Well, maybe the car battery thing was a, was, was a mix-up, but uh, completely factual. The truth, though, hydroxic acid is water. That's how you can frame something and manipulate. This is what they do. You'll take a statement from Trump that's completely factual, alter the context or the framing so it's no longer truthful. 
Glenn says, as D-Dale 8 points out, the deceitfully cut video from Vox Video Dunce A. Rupar, A.T. Rupar, was spread far and wide by some of the largest accounts on this platform. Members of Congress, such as Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Lieu, were among the duped. No apology, retraction, etc. from him or Vox or these people spreading fake news. If you ever wanted to know, if you ever wondered to yourself, are we on the wrong side? Are, are we are we trapped in the fake alternate reality like Brian Stelter says we are? Rest assured, you live in the real world. When you watch content like mine, I absolutely get things wrong, of course. But this is the real the real world. In the real world, we can say things like white supremacy is bad and Antifa is bad. Not hard, huh? Rioting is wrong. Violence is wrong. Easy to say. They can't. In reality, I can say Trump has got one heck of a sailor's mouth. And boy, should he shut up in many circumstances. But he's not confessing to crimes. You can be critical of the president and you can point out he's not uh, confessing to a crime. Ocasio-Cortez pumps out a lie. Ted Lieu pumps out a lie. They don't apologize. They don't retract. The people who follow them live in a paranoid, delusional state where Donald Trump is this mastermind mob boss with tiny hands who can't do anything right. It doesn't make sense at all. Joe Biden. They try. Joe Biden is not a mastermind criminal. He's a moron. He's out of he's out of his league. His brain is failing him. And he did really simple things. He brought his son to China. His son negotiated a deal because his dad's the VP and they got access. And then his dad reaps the benefits. That's simple. And that's not being a criminal mastermind. Now, Trump, I think, called Biden a criminal mastermind. I found that one to be very, very funny because it's just not the case. So Aaron Rupert, to be fair, though, did delete this. I'm not playing games with you. He deleted it and said, deleted this because the quote reads too much like something Trump actually said to Exxon when he was talking about hypothetical. I thought the I'll use a company line nodded to that context, but it's apparent folks are interpreting it in a more literal way. That's on me. See, I'm going to show you that this guy actually deleted the tweet because I want you to know the truth and I want to be rational. However, all these other people who spread the lie, they haven't. Those tweets are still up and they likely won't. The lie will spread. And now we get Glenn Greenwald trashes media cone of silence around Hunter Biden email scandal. The Intercept founding editor claims journalists working with FBI, CIA and NSA to manipulate the American people. I think so. But I think they're mostly useful idiots. But I do think there are look, I mean, like Clapper and Brennan, you know, they're 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 heads of intelligence at former heads of intelligence agencies. And yeah, their goal is to manipulate and lie. It's really amazing when you see these stories where uh, there's one right now. I think Drew Holden might have brought it up. 50 former intelligence uh, agents say the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinfo. Former? Something like that. The director of national intelligence said there's no intelligence suggesting it is. Because it's not. It is not Russian disinformation. That is a desperate media Desperate individuals, they want Biden to win. They just want Biden to win. They cried. Remember when they cried? Yeah, Trump won and they cried. Well, that's the emotional instability of these people. Trump won and I laughed and I had my feet up and I didn't care. Bernie lost and I didn't care. Hillary Clinton won. I didn't the nomination. I didn't care. And I'll tell you this right now. If Joe Biden wins, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to laugh again. I am not going to cry about these things. Now, I'll certainly complain about them. These people are nuts. How are we supposed to have a functioning society when they pump out lies all day, 
every day. Now, to be fair, I also blame social media quite a bit. You know, Aaron Rupar did take down the video and issue an apology, and I can respect that. I absolutely respect that. You know, credit where credit is due. But all these other people were able to rapidly share fake news, and they didn't correct it. So just because he did, it doesn't mean anything. And this is one of the big problems we face. A news organization will put out fake news. We'll use James O'Keefe as an example. We just had him on the, sh- on the IRL podcast. Check it out at youtube.com slash IRL. And he was explaining how the New York Times put out a fake news story. And then later, is, they're like, we're issuing a correction, but it's too late. A bunch of other outlets already cited the New York Times. And now that's it. It's a fact. That's how the game is played. And that's the serious problem. Right now, everyone's pulling out all the stops because they want their team to win. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be voting for Donald Trump uh, quite soon, actually, because it's, you know, in New Jersey, it's all mail-in ballots. And uh, you know what, man? I want Trump to get rid of the critical race theory stuff. His, his banning of critical race theory really worked. I do not want Joe Biden and the establishment to get back in. And that's probably the biggest reason I'd vote for Trump. And if Trump loses, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to shrug and say, welcome to life. It's, these things happen. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to go scream and stomp my feet. I'm not going to drop to my knees and go, nah. I'm going to be like, well, you know, Trump has screwed up way too much. He has. The first debate was bad. He lost the second debate. Not necessarily his fault on losing the debate. They're trying to change the rules on him. But, uh, you know, Trump has said dumb things. He's missed opportunities. He missed his cues in the first debate. If Trump loses, it's on him in a lot of ways. I mean, look, I know the game is rigged. I know the media is rigged. But look, if he loses, these things happen. I'm not going to cry about it. Maybe the world will end. Maybe not. Whatever. I can take care of myself. But I'll tell you what, if Trump wins, these people's heads are going to explode. And don't be surprised if many of many of them flee the country this time. I think it might actually be. But you know what, man, it, it, it really is frustrating because this, this, I was talking with, with James about this, James O'Keefe, that sometimes it feels like you're trying you, when you're fighting against this, this, this fake news machine, they lie. All they do is lie. And it feels like you're trying to knock down a skyscraper with a hammer. I often say that. But James said yesterday, you cannot give in to despair. You have to keep going. You can't stop. And he's right. No matter how many lies they throw our way, no matter what they do, they shadow ban me. They block. They blacklisted this channel on YouTube. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop until they remove everything. And then I'm sitting in a van down by the river going fishing because I got nothing left. I will keep going. I hope the rest of you will do the same. When you go to vote, make sure you bring your friends, your family, you tell everyone to go vote. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. There is no point at which you tell these leftists you will give them what they want, and they say, okay, we are satisfied. They will keep demanding more. They will keep writing insane articles demanding more, and they will keep getting violent. Voting for Joe Biden just ensures they know their tactics work. Recently, we saw 50 Cent, the rapper, Say he was voting for Trump because of taxes. But that's not the biggest issue for most people. Well, I'll, maybe we'll get into the 50 cent thing. I think it's inter- it is interesting. I think most people who are walking away are doing so for reasons like this. What you see on the screen is a tweet from James Lindsay, the foremost expert on criticizing critical race theory and on probably on uh, an actual understanding of critical race theory, the far left ideology. What he is showing There is a mainstream leftist article calling for abolishing the Constitution. Yep. You think, did you think it would just stop with police? No, they started winning that fight. 
I think something like 150 or so departments across the country have faced some kind of defunding. Major cities across the country have been defunded. And now they're already ramping up the next, I don't know, the next campaign. Or at least they're planting the seeds. Abolish the Constitution. Well, I guess technically the amendment process of the Constitution would allow for its own abolition. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. But here's what James Lindsay said. Frankly, going to unhappily vote Republican, including Trump, until the left walks this stuff all the way back. And here's what it says. The American left should work toward abolishing the Constitution someday, either for a new document or a new democratic order written without without a written constitution. He says, source, not some fringe site. No, it's not the official opinion of establishment Dems, but they're powerless. It's the growing opinion of the movement that controls them, which just spent the year justifying complete lawlessness when for their uh, for their causes. Yeah. Balls in your court, Democrats, says James Lindsay. Someone responded, including Trump. I'd be really interested in the rationale behind this. James Lindsay says, who else is there? I've typed my rationale already once today publicly. I'm not inclined to do it again, but it's not flippantly decided. Well, I'll tell you what. A couple things got me over the hurdle as a liberal who will be voting for Donald Trump. And it is the peace agreements in the Middle East, because I say it 50 billion times. So by now you're probably like, Tim, we get it. Foreign policy. That's why I think the third debate is so important. Of course, maybe you've heard they're going to start muting, you know, Biden or Trump if they try and speak up. So that means It just means it's going to be a puppet show. It's going to be trash. But I'll tell you what the most concerning thing to me is in terms of domestic policy, critical race theory. I recently had a friend tell me that they used to be pro-choice in the sense that I am, you know, safe, legal, rare, right? Now it's not for any reason at any time. And I'm just like, where did you go? Where did this come from? Why is the left going insane? But I'm gonna stop. I know uh, pro-choice has nothing to do with the Constitution, but let me tie this together. How is it that in only a few years, people I know who used to have the same positions as me have jumped off the cliff? They've gone so far left, they've circumvent- uh, circumnavigated the globe. How did that? Well, actually, not quite, but maybe at some. No, actually, yeah, I think they're coming up on the fringe far right now with their segregation. Yes, segregation is happening. I've got articles for you. The new segregation in the name of social justice, the Seattle government agencies are conducting employee training sessions separated by race. It is happening. How? So I'll tell you this. What's right now, just someone saying, oh, you know, I used to be pro-choice, safe, legal and rare. Now I'm just, you know, do whatever you want. Eventually becomes abolish the Constitution. I actually have the article pulled up. Maybe maybe, maybe they, they really do want to abolish the Constitution. It's 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 uh, no joke. But I want to show you some other things because I'm here to talk to you about the left going off the rails and why they must be stopped and why liberals and people like me and probably and and James Lindsay will be voting for Republicans. Now, I tell you this. James Lindsay says unhappily vote Republican. Eh, I'm a little bit more uh, milquetoast than that. I'm not going to necessarily be unhappy about my vote. I'm going to feel good about it. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to I'm going to hit. Well, actually, it's New Jersey, so they're doing all mail voting. I'm going to fill out the card. And then drop it off somewhere, I suppose. Hopefully it gets counted, right? Uh, I'm going to do it uh, quite happily. Quite happily. Now, am I happy that I have to vote for Trump? Not, not, not really. I mean, of course, I'd rather have someone who's great. But Trump's done some good things. I can get, get behind that. So uh, I'm not unhappy. 
you know, there, there were some progressives I supported because they were anti-war and I was worried Trump wouldn't do the right thing. But Trump's been improving on that. So now I'm like, OK, you know, I, I got me over that over that hurdle. But in terms of the woke left, the cult of intersectionality, the critical race theorists, Trump's banning that and it's working. Things like this are shocking the American people. Here, I want to show you something. Someone responded to James Lindsay saying, people who say this were always going to vote for Trump and just want to pretend it offends their morals. It doesn't. They should be shunned alongside every other Trump voter. Really? Well, I have a response to this. But first, let me let me show you James Lindsay's response. And by the way, if you want to follow James Lindsay, it's at Conceptual James. They only have two tricks. And it's time you start seeing them and rejecting. You're either stupid or immoral if you disagree with them. And you've always been deficient in that way. They are totalitarians. Do not give them power individually, socially, or politically. That's what they say. People who say this have always, you know, we're always going to vote for Trump. Let me show you exactly what James Lindsay said. I'm unhappily going to vote Republican, including Trump, until the left walks this way back. Here's my response. I didn't vote in 2016. I didn't vote for Hillary and I didn't vote for Trump. The last time I voted for president, it was Barack Obama. You've now got me, Johnny Rotten and James Lindsay deciding to vote for Donald Trump because you are too stupid and blind to realize what you're doing. And maybe that was the plan the whole time. But let me show you this phenomenon is real. This was part of my main segment yesterday. But for context, I want to make sure you all see it. And then we'll talk about the Supreme Court and 50 Cent and a bunch of other things. What's going on with them trying to fundamentally destroy our country? I give you now Gallup's party affiliation polling, and I'm going to take you back to 2016, September 14th through 18th. 27% of people said they were Republican, 40 were independent, and 32% were Democrats. I bring you back to the same time period in 2020. 28% are Republicans, a gain of 1%. 42% are independent, a gain of 2%. So then you may be asking yourself, where did those gains come from? Democrats are now at 20 seven percent. They've gone down. Walk away is real. People are leaving the Democratic Party. Now, most of them are becoming independent. That I understand. In I think it was in Pennsylvania, there was a Republican state. No, I'm sorry, it was a Democratic state politician who said that they were quitting the party. He was quitting the party and would would now be an independent caucusing with Republicans. Standing ovation to that guy. We have seen sheriffs in many different counties in the Midwest reject the Democratic Party. And just the other day, I led my main segment with this, a lifelong Democrat, well-known Democratic campaign, campaigning individual activist, what do you want to call it? A woman. She said that she was quitting the party. And you know why? Because the Democratic Party of Nebraska passed a resolution condemning the county attorney, the prosecutor, as supporting or, or perpetuating white supremacy which is fundamentally false, is absolutely not true. That's insane. But that's critical race theory. That's what James Lindsay has been pointing out and is freaking him out. And it freaks me out, too, which is why you see so many left libertarian individuals anti-SJW now believing they're conservatives or outright joining the Republican Party. I remember uh, it wasn't during Gamergate, which you may may remember as a great culture war battle. But it was at some point in the anti-SJW space where a bunch of people started doing political compass tests and finding out they actually were center left or left libertarian. And they were confused by this saying like, wait a minute, how am I left libertarian if I disagree with the left and the feminists and the mainstream? Because, well, 
the ideology of critical race theory is not inherently economically left or right. So a lot of people started discovering that they actually weren't conservatives. But guess what? They certainly are now. What ends up happening is you get the far left just increasingly trying to destroy the fabric of this country, which many people actually like, by the way. They, they like America. Hey, how about that? It gets worse and worse and worse. Then you have the conservatives saying reasonable things. Maybe we should keep the Constitution and maybe there should be nine Supreme Court justices. Maybe we shouldn't fundamentally change the structure of our government overnight to appease people who want power. People start saying, hey, that makes sense. You end up with people saying, look, I get it. You know, the, the conservatives are pro are pro life. But I, I've, had, I've had these conversations where they say, we understand there may be some circumstances. We'll negotiate. And I say, look at that. Conservatives willing to negotiate on this very, very difficult moral and ethical conundrum that we face in this country. The left is just straight up pro-abortion now, like to the point of birth. It's not an exaggeration. They literally campaigned for this in Virginia. And I'm like, how did we get to that point? Because I'll tell you, that is a crazy leap. Tulsi Gabbard, of course, she came out and said, and she said, safe, legal, and rare. There's got to be some restrictions. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, there there has to be. And there can be some exceptions for, uh, you know, between the doctor and, and, and the mother, because I recognize it's not black and white and there are medical issues. But what we're seeing right now, I believe conservatives are going to be conservative. Now you got 50 cent. This one's funny. I don't care. Trump doesn't like black people. 50 cent endorses president after rejecting Joe Biden's 60% plus tax plans for anyone earning over 400K in some states. I got to be honest. Uh, I understand why 50 cents, 50 cent is shocked by this. Joe Biden wants to create a tax plan that would create a, a an effective tax rate in California of 62.6% and in New York of 62%. I'm not super worried about people making more than $400,000 a year. I got to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, that's not the worst thing I've heard. And I really don't think you 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 earn any favors by from people by saying that. You know, oh, no, the rich people. Oh, no, 50 cent. But I tell you what, you're going to get a lot of wealthy and powerful people saying, Joe Biden, what are you doing? Because the left is going too far. Even Joe Biden, who is supposed to be a corporate crony Democrat, wants an effective tax rate of 62 percent for people. I'm not showing you this to complain about the tax rate. I got to be honest. I do well for myself. I'm not really worried about 50 cent paying more in taxes. I got, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to want to live in these places, but people make more than 400 K. Most people aren't going to see that, aren't going to care. I don't think it's going to affect them all that much. And I think things like this actually might put them off. But what this does show, in my opinion, is that where, where the Democrats used to be in terms of taxes was, you know, moderate taxes. You know, we're not, you know, the Democrats weren't all like 90% or, you know, flat tax. That was Republicans. But Joe Biden is being pulled quite a bit. Why? Bernie Sanders. This is it. It's like a, it's like a gradient. I'm showing you this again, not because I care. Look, I, I actually I'm for a progressive tax that sees more people make, you know, paying more taxes. Well, I will say one of the problems with, with Joe Biden's tax plan is that it's blanket for everybody above 400. So it's like flat tax for those above 400 at a really high rate and low tax and progressives for everyone under. That doesn't make sense. What we need is a very, very large uh, progressive tax system. But what this shows, in my opinion, is Joe Biden being pulled to the left, not super far left, but 62 percent. You got to admit, that's pretty far left. The rest of the left will keep pulling. They won't stop. They want to outright abolish the Constitution. They want to cancel Chris Pratt because uh, because because he won't do a fundraiser for Joe Biden. How dumb is this? 
And, uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. The segregation stuff really gets me. But um, let me show you this. Senate Republicans offer constitutional amendment to block Supreme Court packing. That's really what they're trying to do. Look, they want to abolish the Constitution, and it's not an exaggeration. Here's the new republic. The Constitution is in crisis. There's no reason why a rigged Supreme Court should have the final say on the law of our land. And this is from October 19th, 2020. They just put this out, basically saying we need to get rid of the Constitution. We've seen multiple periods of one-party dominance in our history. We've also seen defeated political parties wither and die. Why shouldn't the Republican Party join them? You see, the American left should work toward abolishing the Constitution someday, either for a new document or a new democratic order without a written constitution. No, we want a written constitution. We like our constitution. It constrains the government. These people are authoritarians. They want to own you. They want to own every aspect of your life. They want to manipulate the courts when they don't win. They want racial segregation. They are doing this now. This stuff freaks me out which is why I'm going to be voting Republican. Now, I will not just vote blindly Republican. I'm going to look at who the choices are. I'm going to Google search them and, and make sure because you just blindly voting Republican doesn't mean you're going to actually solve any of these problems, right? It just means you're going to end up voting for someone you don't know, and they could be as problematic as the last party. This has been one of the biggest problems we face as a country for a very, very, very long time. People just vote party. Yeah, well, you know, the Republicans are better. Eh, yeah, well, you know, the Democrats are better. And so when I look at these electoral maps, and they're, they're talking about predictions for, you know, November 3rd or 10th or whenever we find out the results. You know, it really bums me out. Illinois is surrounded by red states or at least red leaning states and, and, and swing states. But Illinois never changes because people in Chicago, a big city, don't know, don't care. Just say vote Democrat. I know I grew up there. I remember I went to vote once. I think I was like I was like 19 or 20. I can't remember my exact age. And my, my, uh, my dad and, uh, and his, some of, some of his family were like, we're all going to go out and vote. You're going to come with us and vote. I'm like, who do I vote for? Just vote Democrat all the way. That's what I did. I think I was like 18. I can't remember exact, the exact year I went in and I was just like, just, okay. We all were going out to vote. So we all just voted Democrat. I had no idea who I was voting for or what I was voting for. And I think that's abhorrent. And I regret it. I can't remember exactly what this was. It was local elections. I'm pretty sure. I remember when I went and voted for Barack Obama. And I wasn't completely sure, but I was excited about like, hey, everyone told me that was the way to end the war, right? And it wasn't. It just made everything worse. I love it now when I see these lefties say, well, at least Obama didn't start any new wars. And I'm like, wait, what? Syria, Liberty, <laughs> Syria, Libya, Liberty. That's out of place. Libya, Syria, um, escalations in Yemen. Uh, we've got a lot of conflict going on thanks to Barack Obama. Escalation in the Middle East, Middle East in general, the, the wave of conflict across North Africa and the Middle East, the Arab Spring, all the stuff, and the U.S. involvement, I'm not happy about. It was a mistake. Donald Trump's first few, first few years weren't perfect, but I'll tell you this. I didn't vote in the past several elections. I'm going to vote now. James Lindsay is too. And I tell you, man, a lot of other people are as well. Right now, we're starting to see a lot of early voting data. It's not a guarantee as to who's going to win, but I'm going to do a bigger, a bigger thing on this for the next segment. But it really is starting to show that Democrats are, are dramatically underperforming and they're starting to get worried about it. Regular people may be waking up. You see this sign? Wait, let, 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 let me let me let me read this. They say at the King uh, at the King County Library System, a private consulting firm called Racial Equity Consultants 
recently held racially segregated listening sessions. The consultants begin with an anti-oppression framework. Internal documents show, and they use segregated sessions to root out institutional privileges and systemic inequities. Widespread institutional racism is said to exist in the libraries, and employees who reject that premise are accused of internalized racism. When reached by email, racial equity consultants said that it was not authorized to comment. This is what they're doing. They say at the King County Prosecutor's Office, Chief Prosecutor Dan Satterberg and senior staff have recently required employees to sign an equity and social justice pledge and assigned continued training for white employees who must do the work to learn the true history of racism in our country. As part of the new initiative, white people are encouraged to participate in racially segregated anti-racist action groups and agency-wide cultural competency trainings that teaches them how to adopt a new non-oppressive and non-exploitative attitude. According to a leaked memo, Satterberg recently wrote a letter to staff suggesting that the privileged white male cohort in his office should shut up and listen. The prosecutor's office confirmed the authenticity of the equity pledge and staff-wide memo, but Satterberg did not offer comment. October 19th, 2020, from Christopher Rufo. This is illegal. It's a violation of the Civil Rights Act. I believe it's title, what is that one? Title seven of the Civil Rights Act. You can't do this. They're doing it anyway. They're changing language. They want to abolish the Constitution. They want to pack the courts. And now I will I will end with the final point. Joe Biden is doing their bidding. Is he perfect? No. Is Joe Biden far left himself? Of course not. Is Joe Biden a socialist? No, he's not. Is Joe Biden on bent knee with tears streaking down his face before the woke left? Yes. Now, of course, the woke left is going to say Biden's not doing anything for us. Joe Biden has been desperately begging the far left to please vote for me. I'll do anything you say. And that's why court packing won't be answered. Joe Biden doesn't want to answer the question because the far left wants him to do it. The far left wants him to tear this country down bit by bit, getting rid of the Constitution and turning the the Supreme Court into a legislative body. That's what it will become. It's not supposed to be. But it will be. The Republicans have some blame in this. I mean, there's a back and forth, but it's typically the left, the Democrats. They're desperate. They're, they're desperate plea for power. They're willing to say or do anything. The challenge right now for Biden is that moderate Democrats are jumping ship. Walk away is real. They are leaving. We've seen this happening. We've seen the parades in L.A. We have seen Brandon Strzok of the walk away campaign leading these people away from the left. And that's the big problem for Joe Biden. If he goes too far left, pandering to the to, to the, the insane critical race theorists, he'll lose more moderates. He's already bleeding moderates as it is. And the, and the progressives aren't completely uh, convinced. So he's desperately trying to get both sides. He's losing the moderates. And I'll tell you why. Because he is embracing the, the left too much. What will you get with a Joe Biden presidency? Erosion. And I'll tell you this, I gotta be honest. Even Trump is an erosion of the, the American way of life. Now, Trump is doing a lot to repair that, but there's a lot of things Trump does that aren't perfect. So Trump is essentially a, a slight net positive, in my opinion, towards maintaining the American way of life. And that is not some call to, uh, uh, you know, the past days of white supremacy or anything like that. Of course not. They'll, they'll try and claim it. I know firsthand. I'm sorry. I know secondhand from my, from my, from my mom and being told what life was like before civil rights, before loving v. Virginia. And I know how bad it was. 
When Trump says make America great again, the left tells you he's talking about the era of segregation. No, Trump is talking about the 80s, the economic booms that we saw throughout the 90s. He's talking about when manufacturing still existed in this country. He's talking about the Rust Belt. He's talking about Michigan, Michigan and the auto plants. And when he goes to Michigan and says, we're going to make America great again, what he's telling them is, I'm going to bring back these factories. You will have jobs. You will make products for the American people again, and you will be successful. And the people are hearing him. Now, it worries me because the mainstream media has been lying and they've been manipulating. And if that works and their lies work and Trump loses, Joe Biden will bring us segregation. He will bring us people who want to uh, abolish the Constitution. He will bring us a nightmarish reality based on his fears, his spinelessness and his ineptitude. And to be quite honest, his inability. Donald Trump will bring us bombastic, arrogant smack talk, which I'm not a big fan of. I find funny sometimes, but I don't think a president should be engaging in the behavior he does. He'll be loud, boisterous, bombastic, offensive, crude, crass, arrogant, loud mouthed and all of these really bad things. <laughs> but the country will exist. We'll have a constitution. We'll have a court. We'll have I don't, I don't think honesty is the right word. I think to a certain degree, yeah. I love it when Trump was like, we got these soldiers in Syria guarding the oil. It's great. I'm like, oh, jeez. He's just coming out and saying it. And he, loves, he does lie about dumb things. Honesty isn't the right word. But sort of an authenticity, I suppose. You can be authentic and still be kind of lying. As long as I, I kind of get a feel for who you are and I view you as a regular person. I think if Donald Trump wins, I'm going to roll my eyes quite a bit. But the country is going to be okay. Our constitution will stand. We'll strengthen our, 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 our country, our border, our economy. And we'll, we'll push back on this insane far left. I think regular liberals are seeing this. And so when I saw that tweet from James Lindsay, I said, you know what? I completely agree. I do. And I wonder how many others agree. I think a lot. I don't think we're seeing the inverse. There's no rational, regular American saying like, I like this for some reason. I want to be a victim and be oppressed. You're seeing weird, terrified people just bending the knee like Joe Biden with tears coming down his face. I'll leave it there. The next segment I have for you at 4 p.m., we're going to go over some of these polls because let me just tell you, it's looking really good for Donald Trump and the Republicans. Not perfect, not guaranteed, but some people are starting to say landslide. And I think that's wishful thinking, but there is data to back this up. I will see you all in the next segment over at youtube.com slash Timcast at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you over there. BuzzFeed. What in the ever living are you smoking this story? Jeffrey Tubin can't be the only person cranking it out on work Zoom calls. How hasn't this happened already? Says Scotchy Cowell, BuzzFeed News reporter. BuzzFeed, of course, always bringing the hard hitting news reports because you may have heard the other day. The story was that anti-Trump CNN analyst and New Yorker magazine writer Jeffrey Tubin whipped it out while he was on a Zoom business meeting call. Apparently, they were doing some kind of election scenario thing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. Actually, it's not breaking at all. The story came out yesterday. He wasn't just whipping it out. He was cranking it out. I'm sorry. This is not a family-friendly segment. I'm going to get in trouble for this on YouTube, but it needs to be said. Now, listen, normally, I'm not one to do another follow-up segment where I'm like, Here's an update. He didn't just expose himself. He was cranking it, right? This dude was on a work phone call with other journalists 
thought he was muted and started cranking it in front of everybody. Woo! Oh, man, talk about life over. Now, the craziest thing and the real story here is that BuzzFeed News just published a story claiming it's normal. Everybody does it. How have we not seen it more? I mean, maybe a thousand people would be cranking it out while in a business meeting. Are you are you nuts? Is this what goes on at BuzzFeed? This is what? Now, I'll tell you this, man. Here's what you do. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you take your computer, you shut it down. You take your phone, you put them in the freezer, you go downstairs into the darkest corner of your house, look over your shoulder several times. If you ever plan on doing something like this again, because you, you don't, wait, wait. BuzzFeed actually entertaining the idea that how hasn't this happened already? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, BuzzFeed, because it is not normal to be on a business meeting phone call and start, you know, pulling, pulling one out or rubbing or whatever it is you do. Here's what they write. I mean, who among us, you know? Yesterday was a fun day on media Twitter, routinely the worst of all Twitter subcultures. That's true, actually. Earlier on Monday, Vice reported that writer and CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin had been suspended for whacking it on a Zoom call that took place last week between New Yorker staffers and WNYC. According to Vice, the call was an election simulation featuring many of the New Yorker's biggest stars. Yeah. Among others, at one point, Tubin seemingly joined a secondary call, lowered his camera towards his what? Towards his junk and allegedly, and I believe this is the technical term here, cranked it real good. That's right. Cranked it. He left the call, then later returned, apparently unaware that colleagues caught the whole thing. Oh, no. Tubin told Motherboard he didn't know he was visible on the call while allegedly making mayonnaise. <laughs> Loathe as I am to relish someone else. Someone else's mini scandal. This one is particularly tremendous. It has everything. A high profile media person, his wang, a Zoom nightmare come to life, and an inexplicable election simulation that remains unexplained through all of this. Here's a great, a good tweet. The new game is to replace every New Yorker cartoon caption with, quote, Jeffrey Tubin took out his dick on a Zoom. <laughs> no, he whacked off. He was whacking off. Um, it really, it really does work though. Most striking in all, though, is how bizarre it is that we haven't read a thousand stories like this during the pandemic. We're almost finished with our seventh full month of quarantine, a hellscape of endless Zoom happy hours. No one likes them. And I'm glad we all seem to agree. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't relate to these people because my life is kind of normal. Like I went out to eat the other day. I, I went out to eat at a restaurant because they're open where I am. I guess if you're in New York and literally every journalist is in New York then yeah, you're living in your, you know, escape from New York apocalypse. Haven't we all done something on a work call like that? <laughs> Haven't we all? Wow. In normal circumstances, we'd never do during a meeting. Let he without sin cast the first stone. The benefit of working from home is in the comfort to do whatever you want. Endless snacks without judgment, cigarette breaks at your leisure, real housewives on a on, a, on all goddamn day. Some of you, I'm sure, have turned your video off for a brief moment during a video conference, take a big hearty pull off a joint and turn it back on when the smoke finally dissipated. What is wrong with these people? No, I have never been on a work call and been like, let, let, let me let me go crank one out while y'all are talking. Let me go smoke up. What? Are you people insane? You don't do any of that stuff on a work call. Is that what they're doing? Maybe that's why I didn't get along working at Fusion and wanted to leave after so early. Because these p people were too busy cranking it while I was trying to get work done. 
Apparently so. She says, I, of course, have never done this as I am a good employee and have never done any drugs at all. Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of the joke. My review is next week. Please be cool. But it would be naive to think that most people aren't engaged in some effery during a work Zoom. That's the benefit of all this time working from home. The aberration in our routine allows for deviations in our day, which can include pleasure. Right. You're going to tell me you've never taken a quick three minutes midday to crank your hog on a business phone call with other people. And you're like, let me just mute this real quick. And while I'm listening to people talk, you just got to understand about Jeffrey Tubin. Who, who is he cranking it to? OK, because like he's on a call, right? And there's ladies on the call. I'm assuming he's into ladies, you know, otherwise, you know, you know do your thing. It's, it's all you just not, just not on a work phone call. Was he like looking at videos of his female colleagues and going at it and they were watching? Apparently, there's another viral video of a guy who did this. He, he, he presses the mute thing and then it goes away and it comes right back. And he didn't realize. And he grabs like tissues and like lotion. And they're like, no, nah! and they all like bail out. Crazy. Here's what she says. You're going to tell me that you've never cranked your hog, mashed your meat, butter your own muffin. There's so little joy left in our lives. Are we not at least owed the time to toot our own horns? Uh, BuzzFeed lady, are you single? I, I, I think this perspective comes from somebody who's single. Because, you know, if you're in a relationship, you'd probably just, you know, do relationship stuff. Adult things with your adult friend. I mean, maybe not during an active Zoom call where your video is still on. Time and place, I suppose. Is this for real? Like, I understand this is meant to be a silly, funny article. They're like, totally write something funny about Jeffrey Tubin, anti-Trump CNN analyst, cranking it out on a Zoom call. It is funny. That's why I'm doing a segment about it. But the only reason I'm following up is because BuzzFeed is acting like it's a normal thing. Maybe this is what truly divides us in the culture war. Uh, and I mean that half-jokingly. Like, are there seriously people who do things like this, that to me is nuts. She says, but as our home lives and work lives have fused more and more, it was inevitable that the cracks in our professional demeanors would start to show. The slow ebb of our professionalism is becoming visible in a hundred little ways. Bringing our pets to work calls, showing up in loungewear with no makeup. I mean, like, I guess, chewing on stale bread. Do you not take your job seriously? You know what, man? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna totally deviate and just rag on the socialists right now. I take my work seriously. There, there are periods where, you know, you know what I do? You know, you know, like when I'm rendering a video or uploading it, I have, I have a, I have a PlayStation. I'm playing Spelunky 2. Just came out. It's fun. It's a mindless little game. It takes a few minutes. And then when the render's done, I get up and I go back to work. I'm not going to be in a phone, a business meeting phone call being like, uh, I'm just playing video games. I sit down. We get the work done. We go back to, you know, uh, to, to then we go eat and we live our lives. What I see from articles like this, to totally rag on BuzzFeed. And I understand they're kind of joking. Is it the perspective they have on this? Like, it's totally normal that we don't dress up, that we've gotten lazy. I work from home. I've never gotten like I always I always make sure I put on my clothes. I always do my work. Maybe that separates me from, I don't know, the, 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 the staffers at BuzzFeed or whatever these journalists are. It sounds like they're all phoning it in. You know what I mean? They don't take their job seriously. They don't want to take their job seriously. They want to wear a bathrobe and eat stale bread on camera. Some of them, I guess, want to crank it out on camera. I, I take my work seriously. I, I, I get up. I, I start planning my day. I work. I get dressed. Uh, I sit down. I, I, I do work. That's nuts to me. She goes on to say that the details around Tubin's act only serve to heighten the tale. What in the effing world is an election simulation? Is it a coincidence that sim, sim, oh, this is so stupid. Listen, Jeffrey Tubin, 
He's this, you know, hoity-toity, high and mighty. Trump is a racist guy. And he was whacking off to his colleagues. That's what's 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 creepy about this dude. He's watching a video of like, there's probably like some woman being like, thank you all for coming to the meeting. We're going to be discussing what happens on election night. And he's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he's into. The people at BuzzFeed, do, they need to understand the con, like the, the construct of a joke. Now, my first assumption was they were just trying to write something that was funny and trying to like making uh, making an assumption about what's relatable. Maybe this is relatable to BuzzFeed and leftists and things like that. It's not to me because I I don't do things like this. I mean, heavens. You know you know you know what my vice is? Like I mentioned I play Spelunky too. Sometimes I'll eat some banana chips. Yeah, you put a little peanut butter on it. They're great. We got a big big old jar of them. It's a snack. That's a normal workplace behavior. Like I've been to all these offices and they have like chips and M&Ms and like drinks and coffee. And then you'll be like, I got a few minutes and you'll go in and you'll grab some banana chips and you'll be you'll be hanging out, you know, drinking water as like a video's uploading or something. I treat my work like my work. I, I, I take it seriously. What about the pandemic and the fact that we're not in person has shifted these shifted these people into a space where they don't take their jobs seriously anymore? I'll tell you. They never took their jobs seriously. That's the point. I get it. I get it. She's joking. She's trying to make, trying to be funny. And that's fair. I respect that. But thinking about what Tubin did and think about the fact that there are many people who show up to their Zoom calls, you know, half-assed, just says to me that they never wanted the job in the first place. They don't want the job now. They didn't want the job then, but they need the money. So they're pretending to want, you know, to, to care about it when they're there for the sake of keeping the job. But when they're at home, they, they, they treat it very, very unseriously. That's messed up. I'll tell you this. If you ever want to find a good hire, track their Zoom meetings and look for the person who's taking the job seriously and is dressed up and wants to get the job done. The people who are sitting around their loungewear or whatever, I wouldn't hire them. Whatever. Well, best of luck to Jeffrey Tubin. Um, weird, but sure. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. We have a violent left hat trick. Three stories. Maryland man charged for allegedly firing shotgun at Trump supporters. Uh-huh. Why am I not surprised? Suspect arrested after a free speech rally organizer assault in San Francisco. Dude punched a black man's teeth out for daring to speak against the billionaires. Where's Bernie Sanders to call that out? I thought they were anti-racist and didn't like the billionaires. And we also have this story. Police investigate threatening letters sent to Trump supporters. There's your hat trick, the trifecta. Let's start with the first story. A Maryland man was arrested in charge for allegedly shooting at two people who honked at him from a tr- from a truck displaying a sign supporting Trump as he put up a Black Lives Matter sign in his yard. Baltimore County police confirmed on Monday that Douglas Cunn, 50, was charged with two counts of first degree assault and two counts of second degree assault. Police said that two men drove past Cunn's yard in Kingsville, Maryland on Saturday with a political campaign sign in the back of their truck while the suspect put up a political campaign sign on his property. The victim honked his horn several times at the suspect. The suspect picked up a shotgun and discharged it as they drove by. Wow. He reached down. He had a shotgun right there, pulled it out and pointed it right at. And we were in disbelief. Next thing we heard was a shotgun blast. Neil Hoke, who was in the truck with his son, told CBS Baltimore. We see what's going on in the country. And I really didn't expect it right here at home. Hauk, who said he had never previously met Khan, told the TV station. The men in the truck were not injured, and the truck was not damaged. People are taking this politics a little too serious, a neighbor who asked to be identified as Todd told CBS Baltimore. 
He added that Khan has had previous political signs stolen. Khan faces up to 100 years in prison if convicted, according to the TV station. Attempted murder of two Trump supporters who were just driving by and honking their horn. Where's the story about the Trump supporters pulling up and shooting people, killing them? Sorry, I haven't seen it. Oh, I know the left will say, what about this extremist? What about that extremist? Fringe lunatics do not count. I'm not going to talk about that dude in Ohio. He was Antifa. They say he wasn't, but he was. And he shot several people because we don't know his motive. You can have fringe elements of the far right, whatever you want to call it, who may say kind words for Trump. But I tell you this, that one dude in New Zealand did not have kind words for Trump. Where are the roving bands of masked Trump supporters with MAGA masks on attacking the left? Doesn't exist. You have Proud Boys, but the Proud Boys typically, typically don't start the fights. Although they are irresponsible, if you ask me, going to some of these locations, and sometimes they do start fights. You have many leftists, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who have now killed Trump supporters, or at least tried to. Over in San Francisco, there was a free speech rally. It was, it was one of the speakers was a, a black man who was talking about censorship being bad, challenging the billionaires who would who, who would demand we lick their boots. And Antifa showed up and knocked this guy's teeth out because Antifa's pro billionaire, I guess. Well, a suspect has been arrested. ABC seven says the San Francisco Police Department says they've made an arrest after a free speech rally and protest against Twitter turned violent on Saturday. Around 1220 p.m. on Saturday, Philip Anderson, the main event organizer, told officers he was participating in a free speech rally at UN Plaza when he was punched in the face by an unknown suspect. The assault caused him to lose two teeth. On Monday, SFPD officers arrested a 35-year-old suspect from uh, Watsonville, identified as Adora Anderson. Officials said the suspect was taken into custody in Oakland and booked on charges of mayhem and hate crime enhancement. Woo! Antifa again charged a hate crime. Yeah, of course. SF- SFPD says, although an arrest has been made, the incident continues to be an ongoing investigation. <clears throat> Anyone with information is asked to call the SFPD 24-hour tip line, and they give you the phone number. We have this image that shows, I believe, just after a hit was made. SFPD made an arrest and attack on a rally organizer, Philip Anderson, this weekend. Coincidentally, same last name, Adora Anderson of Watsonville, picked up on Oakland Sunday, charged with mayhem. I mean, what about some kind of physical assault charge, just mayhem and hate crime, I guess? Well, let's move on to the hat trick. Police are investigating threatening letters sent to Trump supporters, letters sent to people with Trump campaign signs in their yard. So this is from Milford, New Hampshire. Milford police are trying to track down whoever is behind a series of letters that were sent to supporters of President Donald Trump threatening to burn down their homes. Tell me now, where are the roving bands of Trump supporters threatening to burn down people's homes, knock their teeth out or straight up shoot them? Sorry, this is a left wing phenomenon. Now, I know there was that crazy guy, I think it was in Florida, sent the fake pipe bombs around. Of course, I know about these people individual lunatics. The left has their share of individual lunatics as well. But the Trump supporters don't have their Michael Reynolds stalking Antifa and putting bullets in their chest. They don't have the Bernie bro types who pretend to be security working for a news outlet and put a bullet in the face of a man because he had pepper spray. Sorry, I've been watching too much of what's going on. 
And I think we are going to see a wave of involuntary conservatives. I'll tell you why. This is what Eric Weinstein called them, involuntary conservatives. Because the media would not condemn Antifa, and they would not acknowledge the bias, and we're fed up. But I tell you this, if you come to my house, and you threaten me, and you say, vote Biden or else, we'll take your teeth, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go vote Trump just to spite you, because you can shove it. You tell me what to do, you threaten me, I'll do the opposite. That's the American spirit. So these people want to come out, they want to punch a guy in the face, take his teeth, they want to shoot at some dude. I'll tell you what, there's one story, it's really funny. A guy was not a Trump supporter, but his friend jokingly put a Trump sign in his yard as a prank. So the city comes after him and says, you got to remove it. So you know what he does? He puts up a ton more signs. He puts up a bigger sign. He's like, no, you can't tell me what to do. It was a joke. I don't really care about the sign, but now I do. Now I do want the sign. Threatening to burn down people's homes. Kelly, a Milford resident who asked to be identified only by her first name, said she received one of the letters. Dear neighbor, the letter read you have been identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. Your address has been added to our database as a target. When we attack, should Trump not concede the election? The anonymous author went on to say Kelly should hope her home insurance has fire coverage. I was very taken aback, Kelly said. Milford police said the same letter was mailed to other homes that have signs supporting Trump's presidential campaign. The department is now investigating and has contacted the state's attorney general's office. This is my home, Kelly said. You're not supposed to threaten my home. I'm very worried in the sense that this is going on in my town. Two people in Brookline have also received a letter. I was kind of shocked that anyone would send a letter out with that type of threat, said Brookline Police Chief Bill Quigley. Quigley said he alerted the U.S. Postal Inspection Service and said whoever is behind the letters could face serious charges. Not only with us, with criminal threatening, Quigley said. It's on a felony level because of the threat of burning down homes and causing injury, but it could also be with postal inspectors, something on the federal level. It could also be a federal elections violation of some sort, a federal felony, I'd imagine. Threatening voters, coercing votes. Yeah. Kelly said she wanted to share her story to encourage others who received a letter to come forward and contact their local authorities. You want to talk about who's going to be violent. I am worried that if Trump loses, there's going to be some kind of weird violence in this country. You know what I think might happen? I think you'll see militias. They're not going to go to D.C. They're not going to attack people. They're just going to put up fences and they're going to say, stay away from our town. You are not welcome here. They're going to tell the feds to F off. If Trump wins, the left will demand he concede because impeachment didn't work. Actually, campaigning didn't work. Heavens, democratic elections won't work. If Trump wins, they're going to threaten violence. I'm sorry. They are threatening violence. They will get violent. They will threaten to burn down your home. They're already threatening to burn down people's homes. And in Maryland, one guy fired a shotgun blast at Trump supporters. These people have gone insane. They are violent authoritarians. And I tell you what is the most worrying thing. This guy with the shotgun, not Antifa, a regular guy with a Black Lives Matter sign, regular guy. I think it's funny. It's funny when the people try and tell me that I shouldn't talk of civil war when it's being talked about by mainstream personalities, when it's Spike Lee, when it's leftists who are talking about it. They, they, they mock me and they laugh when they say I talk about it too much. When regular people are taking shotguns and firing at Trump supporters, when a Trump supporter is gunned down in Portland as a guy stalked him, when a Bernie bro security guard who wasn't licensed shoots a guy in the face, 
What, what, what am I supposed to talk about? What am I supposed to think is going to happen? I mean, we saw what was going on with, with Gretchen Whitmer. Those morons who wanted to kidnap her or whatever. Well, they, they got arrested. Congratulations. Let me tell you something. Those people were openly and actively, actively plotting. If it's gotten to the point where people are actively posting online that they're going to do these things, what do you think the actual former military and intelligence officers are doing? Do you think the people who have real training are publicly posting their intentions? Or do you think they have a chain of command, they have vetting process security, and have crazy plans? This goes for left and right. There are armed leftist groups in this country. Both sides aren't publicly talking about what's going on. I genuinely fear for what's going to happen after election night. There are periods where things kind of calm down. Things kind of chill out. The violence subsides. And I'm like, maybe it's not going to get bad. Maybe it's kind of chilling out. And it always spikes up even bigger than before. That has me worried. This has me worried. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all short. Ladies and gentlemen, the battle has begun. The war is on. The DOJ has filed a suit. DOJ sues Google. Showdown with gatekeeper to the internet over claims it uses its power unfairly to preserve a monopoly and shut out any search engine competitors. My friends, this channel is blacklisted on Google. I've been talking about it quite a bit. I normally don't, but it's important. An election is coming up. Google is doing everything in its power to make sure you can't hear stories like this. Stories from me. Subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell and share this. This is more important than maybe anything else we have seen in our lifetimes. Google is the most powerful company on the planet. They control what you think. They control what you see. They control what you know. And they are using that power to silence channels like mine. And it's a bit paradoxical, to be fair. It's a bit ironic. But they're trying to manipulate. And they are actively manipulating. I will point out the, the irony of YouTube allowing me to speak and many others, but then actively trying to silence our channels. You see, Google could probably just ban me, right? But for their politics, they can't. Google wants the power to manipulate. They're being sued by the DOJ. We'll see what happens. Google doesn't allow you to search for this channel, but YouTube, which is owned by Google, allows me to upload these videos. Recently, YouTube purged a bunch of channels. Not all of them were conspiracy channels. That was a lie. They haven't banned me probably because I have grown too quickly for them to deal with, and I have mainstream accolades. It would probably create some kind of issue if they outright just banned my channels. So what do they do? If they banned me outright, it would create a press storm questioning the validity of their censorship. I don't swear. I follow the rules. I use certified news guard sources, very on the level, very, I don't know, tepid, to say the least. So they can't just outright ban me. And as I grow bigger, it becomes harder and harder. They can do everything in their power, though, to make sure people don't hear what I have to say. And so although my channels have grown and I've seen great success, it's in spite of what Google is trying to do to my channels. Google it. Take the title of this video. Put it in Google. It won't come up. A lot of people don't understand. They say, I found your channel. No, you found Timcast IRL, a new channel that they didn't put on the blacklist. Yet, this channel's not there. I don't know if antitrust is the answer. I don't. But I'll tell you what's funny. What if I were to tell you that the uh, the attorneys general who are going after Google were all Republican? Would you believe me? Take a look at this from Bobby Allen. Bobby Allen on Twitter is a tech reporter for NPR. Just filed 
DOJ and 11 attorney generals in antitrust suit. Google has used anti-competitive tactics to maintain and extend its monopolies in the markets for general search services, search advertising, and general search text advertising, the cornerstones of its empire. Bobby says, here's the full complaint. David Clinch, a journalist at Storyful, says, are all those state attorney generals Republicans? Are any other states involved at this point? All Republican AGs. The Democrats have forsaken us. Antifa is defending the billionaires. Bernie Sanders is telling you to vote for the candidate backed by Wall Street. And the Democrats are saying, but my private business just enforcing its terms of service. I refuse to live under the boot of billionaires, be it George Soros or Mackenzie Bezos. They should not have the ability to manipulate politics. These companies should be regulated. I don't care about left, right, up, down, whatever. I will tell you this right now. Regulate them and get money out of politics. I stay true to my principles. Why? Because they're real. I've done research. I've read the news. I have opinions about these things. I don't just say things to pander to anybody. I believe it is a problem when Mackenzie Bezos, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, spends billions of dollars on critical race theory and critical gender theory. I don't want those billionaires manipulating my elections. Many people on the right have made a free speech argument. The libertarians over at Reason say it's free speech. We can regulate things. We can prevent the commons from being destroyed. I understand the argument about if you have the money, you can spend it as you see fit and you can fund these packs. I don't want to live in a country where the politics are dictated to me by the wealthy. If you're rich and you can inspire confidence, well, then by all means, I understand there should be some level of advantage for those who work hard. That right now, the maximum you can give to a politician is $2,800 per cycle. So with the primary and with uh, with the primary and with the general, it's something like $5,600. Okay. That means rich people have a massive advantage. Regular people don't. That already is ingrained in the system. The average person can't afford to give a max contribution to anybody. I think that's acceptable. I do. If you're rich, if you're super rich, you know what you can do? You can give $2,800 to every politician you want. That's way more than the average person could ever do. But right now, what the rich are doing is they're giving millions to political action committees that can run commercials promoting the candidate, thus promote, and they say it's a free speech issue. I agree it is. But I also believe that there are certain things we have to do, and there have to be some restrictions on even speech. I know. I am not an absolutist on free speech. I fear what happens when the likes of George Soros uses his money to fund all of these things, when Mackenzie Bezos uses her money to fund all these things, when the Mercers, when the Koch brothers do this and they shut us out. Worse still is when Google does the same thing. I've always been fairly liberal in the truest sense, in the, cla- in, in the classical American sense, not the classical philosophical sense. And I think we can't allow these people this this monopolistic power. Now, conservatives, not all of them, but some of them, and many libertarians disagree. And you know what? I say to them, fine, so be it. I was having a conversation with a a conservative a, a year or two ago in Milwaukee who said that we shouldn't intervene and we should let private companies do what they want. And I said, no, no, I disagree. In certain areas, yes. 
The problem with this is that our elections will be are being subverted. Project Veritas has exposed this. And you know what, libertarians and conservatives that, that don't agree with the regulation? Your ideology will cease to exist. If that's what you want, then so be it. My ideology, for the most part, some of it will remain, but then ultimately will cease to exist as well because no one has my back in stopping Google. But I tell you this right now, the Democrats have sold us out. It's the Republicans who are filing suit. It's Trump's DOJ. If Joe Biden wins, you will live under the heel of Google and Facebook and Twitter, massive multinational corporations that don't care what you think. They want to manipulate what you think. They will control what you think. They will send you the right advertisement at the right time. They will send you the right video at the right time. And I tell you this right now, your political opinions likely being shaped by an algorithm. The things you see, the things you hear, the things you believe, it's already happening. We need to stop this before it's too late. And it may be too late. The last remnants of some kind of resistance to the machine taking over these Republican AGs and the DOJ. If Trump loses, it's lost. Joe Biden won't go up against Google. He absolutely won't. They'll own him. They will control him. Here's what they say. The DOJ is prepping a lawsuit that accuses Google of shutting down, shutting out competitors unfairly. Because Google is a preferred advertising platform among businesses, it makes billion, billions in revenue. Google controls 90% of the world's searches. It then uses that money to boost its presence on smartphones, making deals with Apple and Android to ensure it is the pre-installed search engine. The DOJ will allege in its lawsuit the practice is unfair. Google, Facebook, and Twitter have all come under increased scrutiny under Trump's administration. They have most recently been accused of using their powers to promote left-wing political agendas. And that is a fact. Right now on Facebook, the top posts typically come from the Daily Wire, Fox News, Dan Bongino, and right-wing sources. That is in spite of Google censorship. What people don't understand is that when you see the Daily Wire succeeding, it's because Ben Shapiro plays it safe. He's got relatively mainstream conservative political opinions. Facebook won't ban that, but they will ban others. They will ban Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Paul Joseph Watson, Laura Loomer. And that's the problem. We cannot allow Facebook to define what is socially acceptable, and they are. What is acceptable to us is our decision. So I'll tell you what, I think we should get rid of the algorithms. Recommendation algorithms have benefited me in many ways. Get rid of them. I believe these companies are a serious detriment, and we should we should absolutely regulate them. I don't know what that means. It may mean that a meritocracy would return and only the best content would, would emerge. The problem with this is that there are many people who make shock content. And when, when YouTube wasn't algorithmic, the content that got the most plays was just thumbnails of women in bikinis. So the rules started to come about where they said, OK, if the thumbnail is misleading, we can ban you. They started to implement rule changes and algorithm changes to prevent things like this. I don't have all the solutions. I can tell you this right now, though. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Google, etc., wanting to do the right thing, have created a rule set that benefits one political ideology over the other and is leading us to our own destruction. The Republicans are the only ones who, fighting, who are fighting back against it. Maybe we'll lose. And maybe the technology itself is causing the problem. I don't know. If we do nothing, however, we've lost. If we sit back, then we've lost. We need to do something. And I think regulation is the right move. But to what, to what end, I don't know. I'm not convinced antitrust would solve the problem. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all next time.